is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, how about this? Based on the last two seasons, Lamar Jackson is probably going to rush for about 1,000 more yards than Patrick Mahomes. That's 100 fantasy points. Can Patrick Mahomes make up those 100 fantasy points? And who are you taking first overall? We're talking about our top five quarterbacks. It's top five week. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then we'll come up with some quirky top five uh, for Friday's show, I'd say. But we got five episodes this week, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Really, it's a top six because you got four guys after those big two, and we'll try to sort it out. I'm Adam Azer. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy belated Father's Day. Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings are all with me today. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Did you get any groovy ties this year? No ties. No ties. Did you? Just steaks. I didn't get any. I didn't get any gifts for Father's Day. So I could me use either. a tie. I got, I got a book. My kids wrote in a, in a little book. So I guess I got a gift. But yes, nothing like, uh, no, nothing that is typical Father's Day stuff, I guess. Okay. My 15-year-old gave me a Father's Day card meant for a father getting his first Father's Day. <laughs> and he wrote, I love you, Daddy, inside. He did this on purpose? Like, as a on purpose. Oh, that's good. That's I like that. Heath, how are you? Fantastic. I disagree with your premise of like the very opening of the show. Um, I don't Talking. know that we... I don't know that we should expect Lamar Jackson to run for a thousand more yards than Patrick Mahomes. I just said, based on the last two seasons... That's what's going to happen. He he was on a tw- he was on almost a thirteen hundred yard pace in his seven starts and in a, in two thousand eighteen, and then he re- rushed for on pace for almost thirteen hundred yards last year. I expect he's going to run just a little bit less. And Patrick Mahomes was on like almost like a four hundred yard pace last year. If you count the playoffs and don't count the game that he got hurt, <laughs> if you count the, I don't know. That's true. I don't think that's true. You go. You yeah, know. he had the big run in the playoffs. Remember. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. Yeah, I know. Keith just makes this stuff up. It's uh, it's good. It's, stuff. No, it's true. All right, all right. Um, okay. Well, look, there's going to be a gap to make up there for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you guys want some ADP? I'll give you a little Father's Day gift. Some some average draft position on NFC ADP. Lamar Jackson, 16th overall. Patrick Mahomes, 17th overall, and then a really big gap. Kyler Murray, round five. Dak Prescott, round five. They're 55th and 57th, respectively. Russell Wilson, 66th, and Deshaun Watson, 70th. So you got Jackson Mahomes in round two, 16th and 17th overall. Then Kyler and Prescott, mid-round five. Wilson and Watson in round six. Dave, what do you think about about that? Just the gap between the top two and the next four. We've seen it in our mock drafts that those are going to be the first two quarterbacks off the board, and there's going to be a you know, a couple of rounds before you see the third quarterback go. And then once that third quarterback go, uh, you start to see more passers by the end of round six. You'll see six quarterbacks off the board. That makes me want all Deshaun Watson all the time. If he's the last one of that six. I, I want whoever's last of that group. Yep. 100%. Whether it's Watson, Murray, Dak, Russ. Who do you want, Heath? I think I've made that pretty clear. Like I, I do think that Watson may be the better value. I think both Mahomes and Jackson are just flat out bad values here. If they're going in the second round, I'm just not going to get any of them. Um, but I would still say if if Dak's going, I kind of just wait until somebody takes the somebody number three that's not Dak, and then I'll take Dak. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll obviously get into all of these players and talk about you know how we're ranking them. The consensus rankings, Mahomes, Jackson, Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. That's your top six, but Jamie's got Watson third, right? Yep. It's all different, so you know it's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, one thing that was helpful for me was sort of going through each statistic and figuring out who's the of those four. Who's going to have the most passing yards? The most pa- based on history, most touch, most passing touchdown. Who rushes the most? Um, I wonder who that's going to be. Well, Murray and Watson were pretty close last year. But they, Jackson? Oh no, no, no! I'm so, I just meant the next. He said four. The, next, the next four, four not right. the not the first two. Right. Um, Watson, I don't know. Based on history, probably going to have the most. Yeah. Uh, the most rushing touchdowns, five to seven every year based on his pace. Anyway, that helped me. Maybe we'll go through that later if it's if I could think it could be helpful for the listeners. But uh, let's Did you some, guys reference the, the mock draft we did Thursday on Friday show at all? Yes. No. Yes, we, we did. did. Um, Maybe a little. Well, do you want to know how the quarterbacks went there? <laughs> yeah, sure. This is our industry industry insider draft with all the cool people from the industry. All started. Jackson and Mahomes went in round three. Jackson first. And then it went, uh, sorry for the delay, went all the way down to round six where it went Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. And Dave took Wilson, Heath took Prescott. Yeah. If I could be a little controversial here. I can't believe you have Deshaun Watson third, Jamie. I mean, it's it's based on ADP and, and obviously our consensus rankings is controversial. I, I've said it several times here um, that I think this is going to be his Cam Newton 2015 season where he's going to just go nuts. I think you're going to see his best rushing season ever. Uh, he was on pace for over 600 yards rushing his rookie year before he suffered the ACL tear. Um, a lot of it is contingent on the health of Will Fuller and, and Brandon Cooks and, you know, those guys playing probably at least 10 games each, uh, you know, if, if not more. But um I think, and you know, I know Heath had this as his bold prediction. I think that if all these guys play at their best, that he has the chance to be better than all of them. Now, um, if you're if you're looking at it from all these guys, they have huge ceilings and I think little floors. He probably has the lowest floor. Uh, maybe Kyler does, but um, I, I just think that uh, he's going to put it all on him, and and I think it's going to end up having a a great season. But I, I don't have a problem if anybody takes. Kyler, Dak, Russell Wilson, ahead of Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, they're all so close, and they all have uh, the potential to be great. But uh, for me, I just think that this is going to be Watson having that MVP caliber season. Okay. Come back to that in a little bit. Let's get some news and notes here. Um, I just want to promote a few things. We got Poker Night on Twitch, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to get out early this time. I'm not going to rush off to put the kids to bed. I'm going to let them stay up really late so I can win again. Uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m., twitch.com slash Today. Join us. It's hosted by our friends at Faded Spade. Faded Spade Card Club is a new social poker platform offering free play and custom games. And our URL on Twitch is twitch.com slash Today. And we do have five episodes this week, top five at each position, and a mailbag on Friday. You can send us your mailbag questions via Apple Podcast Review or your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Think about what you guys want to rank on Friday. Could be anything. Bluff on Podcast hosts. <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> All right, news and notes. Uh, Joe Brady, Carolina's offensive coordinator, 
pretty high on Curtis Samuel. Uh, he says he's going to be a big part of the offense. Heath, is he going? Is do you, do you believe it? What do you think? It's hard to believe because like we got all excited about him, and the, the truth is that looking at his career so far, he's just not been very good when when people have thrown in the football. And part of that could be bad quarterback play. And maybe Teddy Bridgewater, he should be an upgrade over what he had last year. At least he should see more accurate throws, but he was kind of the only downfield guy last year. Now they've got Robbie Anderson as well. Anderson, clearly a more established deep threat and wide receiver than Samuel is. So it's really hard to believe we know he's going to be behind DJ Moore. We know he's going to be behind Christian McCaffrey. And then you're chopping up the rest of those targets. Probably like half the targets are gone now. I think one thing that's going to be interesting with him is he'll probably, depending on what the preseason looks like, he'll have a play or two or something in practice that, like we saw last year, where they'll, oh my gosh, look what he's able to do and connecting with Bridgewater and sort of building off what Brady says. And then my guess is he'll have one of those games early in the season because we all expect them to be chasing points and throwing the ball a lot, that he's going to be one of those rush to the waiver wire guys and could have a Sammy Watkins-like season where week one or week two is very good and then you just keep starting him or hoping or waiting and this is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. Um, he's got, he's got a lot of talent. I think he said it better. There, there's, there's a, there, there's a problem with him, whether it's his consistency or the quarterback play, but he just has not been able to put it all together. But I do think that there's still a chance for him to be somewhat productive, but I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you feel comfortable starting. Yeah. He might end up being 40 catches for 500 yards and three touchdowns role player for the Panthers. All right. Uh, Debo Samuel could be ready for week one. You know, we, we, we kind of talked about that, but we also, most of the conversation was going to be like, he's going to miss some time. It's, we don't know yet. He could be ready for week one. There was a little more optimism. I'd be, I'd be shocked. You're seriously. Okay. Like why, why rush it with a young receiver that, you know, for a team that obviously can't afford to give up wins, but you know, the strength of this team is their rushing and their defense. And, you know, if they have to, you know, be creative, like Kyle Shanahan certainly could, uh, there was some fun tweets yesterday if you were following it Debo Samuel and Raheem Mostert both tweeting maybe Des Bryant to the 49ers um so that's uh that, that's something that you know may bubble on the surface but um I, I I'm not drafting Debo Samuel right now okay and then Roger Goodell he's optimistic about starting the season as scheduled there according to Mike Florio though there's less optimism about playing in front of fans right now. We know what's happening, a lot of players testing positive in baseball, in college football and NFL. And they're just going to have to figure out uh what to do about it and you know what? Why speculate it's June 22nd. We got time. Let's see what happens. So no Drew Brees for you, right? You're still out. In what why? Cuz the fans No thing? fans. I think I think it's going to make a difference. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know what difference. I I think that playing without fans, if that happens, uh, Heath left us and now is coming back. So that's you hear the the zoom sounds. Um, it's gonna it, it's gonna change things. I, it, you know, I don't know what the impact will be. I'm not making any fantasy adjustments. But if they play football without fans, it's just gonna be different somehow. Is it fans or is it noise? Because if they do pump in crowd noise, I think it's fans. It's energy. But do they pump in the crowd noise on the broadcast or into the stadium? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to. What are they doing with, um, is it wherever they're playing baseball right now? Aren't they putting like cardboard people in the seat? Yeah, I saw that in Korea. Yeah, they had had some funny stuff there. Um, And I actually don't really know if they, I feel like they haven't had any issues there, but they also didn't have the same type of viral spread in South Korea, obviously. 
Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Hi, Heath. Hi, Adam. Heath, would you like to hear about my terrible Twitter polls? I would love to hear about anything terrible you did. Feels like, felt like that answer was coming. All right, I, I did two Twitter polls. Uh, five point per passing touchdown league. I did that on purpose. Who do you prefer, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? This one was terrible because it was so one-sided. I was surprised. Patrick Mahomes got 80% of the vote. Five point per passing touchdown league. 80% said Patrick Mahomes. Who would you take? Yeah, it's um, like I would take Lamar Jackson in four points, but in five, I'm looking here. I've got nine. Yeah, I would still take Mahomes by about um, 5% in terms of projections. So I, I think that it's uh, 80% are correct. So how do we feel about this Mahomes versus Jackson debate? Where are we? Yes. Take Everyone's both. Mahomes. Every one of us, I think we're the only probably consensus site. I think most people are still favoring Jackson over Mahomes. Well, and I, I think that, and I don't know if we clarified this or if everyone who drafts with us just knows this. Um, there's also most of the other sites are not six points per pass touchdown. Right. Oh, so do all of you take Jackson in four point per passing touchdown leagues? Yes. I think you have to. Just and he's already said he does his game and, and how many more points he's worth because of it. Can I we have think. this discuss? Like, let's talk about them and what, you know, they, they basically had similar fantasy point totals when Mahomes in, in 2018 and Jackson, 2019 Jackson, his 2019 season was a little bit better than Mahomes big season in four point, And it was the opposite in six point, whatever. But you know, they, they had similar fantasy point totals. So no, Jackson was better in both. Uh, points per game. Oh, per, yeah. You you know what? You're right because he only played 15 games. Right. Um. All right, but let's let, let's talk it out. Tell me why you you guys are on the Mahomes side, at least in the five point and six point leagues. I think it's something we've said time and time again that there's going to be some, if not severe, regression for Jackson. Some big categories. You know, the passing touchdowns, the rate that he was on. You know, 36 touchdowns. Is that replicable? Um, obviously the rushing, uh, you know, I think it was this, including the three guys last year, there were 25 guys in the last 20 years or whatever it is. Uh, I have to go back and reference it, but that have rushed, you know, for 500 or more yards. And, and obviously they've all, or, or the majority of them have come down. He's, it's almost impossible for him to rush for what he rushed for last year again. So where's the, where's the line? You know, is it, is he going from 1200 yards to 800 yards is he going to you know 1200 to a thousand you know i mean it, it's that that drop off could be the difference now is mahomes throwing for 50 touchdowns again i don't think so but he could probably be 5,000 yards again you know what we're seeing in the nfl is that that's not as difficult uh, a number to achieve as we've seen so you know if he's over 5,000 passing yards and he can get 40 plus touchdowns i think he's just a little bit safer than what lamar jackson is and then you factor in what rushing quarterbacks have done and they tend to get hurt more often than not you know so um, I think he's amazing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's number one again. I just feel a little bit safer for me, at least with Mahomes. Can I throw something out there? That's what Did this is. That's what this space just, is for. Just kind of <laughs> came to me here. So uh, I think we'd all agree that that Mahomes is more likely to repeat close to what he did, like Jamie said, like five thousand passing yards, forty touchdowns, than what Lamar Jackson did in a normal year. 
do you think it's going to be to Lamar Jackson's advantage that all the teams that he's going to play this year can't have their players practicing on the field during the offseason, will have a strange type of training camp? Are, are they going to be, are, def, are defenses in general going to be as prepared as they might be, at least early in the season, because they didn't go through the type of workouts all offseason? And yeah. what I'm what I'm thinking is it might be easier now for Lamar Jackson to keep doing what he's doing because defenses just weren't able to put in the time to uh, game plan for him like they would have in a normal offseason. I'll just say a couple things. One, I think if anybody's getting a boost from the fact that we didn't get to have a normal offseason, it would be Mahomes because he has basically his entire offense back. There's complete continuity with this with that group and yeah they added it's added to it as well but he has everyone back there should be no confusion with the chiefs True. offense well there's only one though big loss for the ravens though is there yeah I mean, yonda oh yonda's on, the biggest line? loss sure. yeah hearst is is a little loss in the grand scheme of things yeah i was like hearst okay yonda um, uh, but ahead. then also, like, it's not just I, I don't know that opposing defenses have that much to do with it. Jamie referenced the regression. He had like the third highest touchdown rate ever for a season. He's going to lose 10 to 12 touchdowns if he throws the same number of passes. And he's almost certain to not run as much or for as many yards. His yards per carry were like 33 percent higher last year than they were the year before. So like defenses could do the exact same thing. And I just don't think Lamar Jackson's going to be as good. I think, though, Dave, to your, to your point, though, um, unless they're facing the Ravens that week, they're not putting in any sort of install to stop Lamar Jackson. So, like, I talked to TJ Watt at the Pro Bowl about this for the story that's in our magazine, and it's on our site, too, if you want to read it. And so I asked him, I asked Stephon Gilmore, who was Defensive Player of the Year, you know, what, what's it like to try and stop somebody who's changed the game? And, you know, Gilmore said these type of things, you know, you catch up to them. And T.J. Watt, remember, the Steelers, the only team to hold him to under 20 fantasy points, didn't play them in the final week of the season. That's the game he missed. And T.J. Watt said, that's our biggest goal because that's the team they have to get by to win a division. So whatever they're doing to work on the Ravens, it's all probably in the classroom anyway. And so I would imagine that those conversations are being had on some linebacker meetings, you know, defensive coordinator and, and defensive line meetings, you know, so... To your point, I think it's valid that, you know, it may not be the same, but those conversations are probably being had on a different level, you know, as opposed to here, here's our install of our defense. You know, the Steelers know what their defense is. So it's okay. Let's work on, you know, the Browns for a week. Let's work on the, the Steelers, the, the Ravens for a week. You know, that, that probably has happened. Um, and it's probably been the same type of, you know, work that it would have been anyway. I would imagine that every team in the AFC North, their first goal was how do we slow down Lamar Jackson? Right, but in terms of like what the offseason prep would be, I don't think it would be on the field and camp. You know, there may have been a mini camp thing that they do would miss be out. Both. It would be it would be all of the above. Yeah, Certainly. but but most of those things are not like you know, it's not like they're going to say, okay, you go play scout team now and, and run Lamar Jackson. Um, you don't think that happens in the offseason mini camps? Uh, you know, it might, it might, but I don't think it's to. The, it's like that's going to be the difference of is he good or is he bad? You know, it's 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 not something like you know, while teams are are prepping for stuff like that, that's not something that they're putting install in for now. I guarantee you the Texans are looking hard at Lamar Jackson because they play him in week two. Kansas City's looking hard at Lamar Jackson. They play him in week three. I, I, I'm wondering if that does make a difference. And maybe that's just something that I should talk about with some people who played defense in the NFL and who have actually been there. And I will do that 
the other question that I had was who's easier to defend. And it's, it's a, it's a crazy question because they're both really hard to defend. But if you had to pick which one is easier to defend, who would you oh, say? Mahomes is easier to defend. Right. So I think that, again, that just kind of plays into this philosophy that I'm just thinking about whether or not it makes a difference this year because teams don't have the type of offseason that they normally have to try and put something together to slow down an opponent. Because that's, that's part of the basis of our argument, right? Regression for Lamar Jackson. He had this crazy year. Of course, he'll come down a little bit from those numbers. But is he going to come? Is he going to crash to earth, or is it going to be just a little I, bit because of the, the situation that everybody's in? And I'm not as certain about the Mahomes is easier to defend. Unless oh, neither of them are easy to defend. Right. I'm, not, I'm not willing to give an answer if, to that if question. If you have your choice of pocket passer versus guy that can escape, you'd rather face the guy face the guy that stays in the pocket. I, I would think so. I, I mean, I talked to guys about this. You know, when I did the story on Mahomes two years ago, they all said. The way to stop him, Calais Campbell, Chris Harris, you know, uh, Eric Weddle. <laughs> what's what's the key? Keep him inside. You know, you don't want him yeah. moving. The last thing you want to do is see him outside the pocket, him specifically. But I think anytime you're going to get a quarterback that moves, you'd rather much you'd much rather face a guy who's going to sit back there. You know where he is. Well, yeah, Mahomes pretty mobile. They're they're nightmares. They're nightmares. Right. Um, I think we all would agree that Mahomes. You have to say. Maybe maybe Jackson changes our mind with another big year, but Mahomes is is a better player, right? I mean, he's probably the best player in football. I think it, what, what was it? ESPN just did a uh, if you were drafting players now, like forget about the NFL draft, like you just everybody's redrafting the league. Mahomes is definitely one. Mahomes was one, but I think Russell Wilson was two. I don't think Jackson went until three or four. But in that same thing, wasn't Drew Locke like eighteen or something? I think a lot of the quarterbacks went early, you know, so yeah. it's not necessarily like I think Aaron Donald was the first non non quarterback. But, but, but should we consider that when you're if you're sitting there, you're you're going, hmm, Jackson Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes. Well, you know, Mahomes is he's amazing. He he has a chance to be a legend and maybe Jackson does, too. But I don't know if we're there yet because Cam Newton was has not been anywhere near as good as he was when he had his 35 touchdown or his 45 total touchdown season, his MVP season in 2015. Like Mahomes just feels safer to me because I know Andy Reid is the best. Mahomes is Mahomes is unbelievable. Like there are not enough words to describe how good he is. And maybe Jackson's just a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more, a little bit away from, from being in that same sentence. So he just needs to prove a little bit more. We don't have the sample size. Yeah, we, that's we've what seen guys do Mahomes, produce what Mahomes has done time and again. Drew Brees has done it, you know, Marino to a certain extent, Peyton Manning to a certain extent. You know, I mean, these guys that are elite level throwers, elite level passers. Now, Jackson can get there, but like the, the 2006 Michael Vick season, we didn't get a chance to see what he would have done the next year because of, you know, his, his, his off the field transgression. I think for Jackson, if he goes 3,000 and 1,000 again, and and that's something that he can maybe do for another couple of years, if not get better, then it's a different conversation because then you're seeing a a different level of of a player, not just a quarterback. I mean, he's he's amazing. So I think you said it best, Adam. Both these guys are nightmares. (laughs) They're they're fun for fantasy. Um, You know, if if you're so inclined that you have to take a quarterback – early in in round two and you're that fantasy manager it's the same thing we said about the other four you just take the 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 second guy and i think you should be happy about it all right so that will that'll cover those two that the next four here is the second terrible twitter poll 
I figured that I'm a, like I host a fantasy show. I figured everybody would interpret this as a fantasy question. I don't think they did. So this is probably a useless Twitter poll. But assuming Mahomes and Jackson are the top two, who's your number three QB? I posted this right after I posted the five-point-per-passing-touchdown league question, Mahomes versus Jackson. So I thought, you know, it's obviously a fantasy question. The comments I got seemed to uh, show some confusion. But Russell Wilson, 35% of the vote. Deshaun Watson, 24.7%. Dak Prescott, 23.6%. Kyler Murray, 16.7%. I don't think that... This is a fantasy rankings question. I think people are asking, or people are saying that Wilson is right, the best quarterback nice. of this group. Yep. So forget that. Uh, <laughs> let's talk three, four, five, six. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. I want to hear you guys debate right after this quick break. Ooh, what a tease. On Fantasy Football Today, we'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603. For complete details, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Dave Richard, kick it off. Three, four, five, six in the QB rankings. How do you do it? Dak is number three for me. Russell Wilson is number four. Kyler Murray is number five. Deshaun Watson is number six. And I don't mean to slight Deshaun by putting him at six, but, you know, new receivers, big problems. Jamie, quite different. Yeah, it's uh, Watson, Dak, Wilson, Murray. Yes. And Heath? Yeah, for me, it's Dak, Wilson, Watson Murray. Um, and I've got Dak like almost a tier ahead of those guys. Kyler and Deshaun pretty much the same, other than I think obviously Watson's floor to me looks higher than Murray's. We've seen him be a good fantasy quarterback. So I want to feel better about Deshaun. I really do. Yeah, let me just but. say that one key takeaway is that nobody has Dak Prescott lower than fourth. 
he's third for Dave and Heath. He's fourth for Jamie. And Heath said he's he's a tier ahead of the others. Now, Dave, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I, I, I said what I needed to say. I just I wish I could feel better about Deshaun. I almost I almost want to be soothed on this podcast. Like right now, coddle me and hold me in your arms and tell me that Deshaun Watson is going to be the third best quarterback. You know, let me know how it's going to play out because with with Cooks and Fuller as his top two guys, I don't quite see it. I don't think he's finished top three yet. You know, for the record, in 2017, his rookie season, he was the best quarterback on a per-game basis. 2018 and 2019, I have him as QB5 both years. So now you're taking away DeAndre Hopkins. You have a team that doesn't pass the ball all that much. Um, and all of a sudden, he's going to have his best finish? Really? I think so. Man. Well, would he, was he... He was probably top three or four on a per-game basis last year, right? Because he only played 15 games? I think he was fourth. I will confirm right now. Um, and I like, I mostly agree with everything Jamie's saying about Watson, except for I can't get him. Like, he's right in that same range with Wilson. I've got ahead of Murray. Um, I can't get him to Dak's level, but I do think that we should expect he's going to set career highs and pass attempts, pass yards, and maybe even pass touchdowns. How come? Um, because I don't, I think the Texans might be the worst Texans defense they've had since um, he became a part of the team. And I think, like, yes, not having DeAndre Hopkins is terrible, but he has as deep a set of weapons in the passing game as just about any quarterback. Both of his running backs are excellent in that area. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb. Like, you may not like those guys particularly in fantasy, but there's an enormous amount of talent and speed there. His offensive line should be better, too. I mean, you know, they've been building it for the last two years, rebuilding it for the last two years, so... I, I just, again, I, I could totally get behind anybody taking Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray ahead of him. I, I completely understand it. I just think if they all get to what their ceilings could be, and we saw Dak's ceiling last year. I don't know if Dak's going to be better than what he was last year, but he can certainly replicate that. And Russell Wilson, I, you know, to me, Russell Wilson is kind of the, the swing in all this because if Seattle does let him get his way and they play more up-tempo and throw the ball more, he's going to be – probably challenging the top two guys. He, he has that type of, of potential if his receivers stay healthy. But I just think that Watson will probably run more than those other four guys because he's going to have to. I think he's going to score more rushing touchdowns. You've already laid that out, Adam. You think he's going to You think he's gonna have more rushing guards than Kyler Murray? I do. Okay. I do, because I think Kyler will run less. Because, it'll be within like 100 yards. Um, I hope so. I mean, I hope so for Kyler's sake, if, if Deshaun does what I think he's going to do. Because like I said, he was on pace for over 600 yards rushing in his rookie season before the ACL tear. I just think the, also schematically how I see this offense operating with all these guys running downfield, there's going to be a lot of rushing lanes open, you know, when, when the pocket breaks down for him, because if this offense is operating like that, then he's going to have a lot of lanes to run through. So I think he's going to have, that's kind of the, the, the basis for this for me, as I think his rushing is going to get to a, not, not to a, a Lamar Jackson level, but I think he could be in the 700 yard rushing range. I, I wouldn't be surprised that. It wouldn't be a surprise if he led the Texans in rushing with 700 yards too, because David Johnson yeah, has part of it. concerns, and part he of it. hasn't looked. He looked he looked solid in the first half of last year with Arizona, and then when he came back from injury, and Kenyon Drake was already there, and you know maybe you could say he couldn't get into a rhythm or something like that, but he just it, he didn't look good. And if he's not, and I said all along, I'm going to wait till training camp to really get an idea of what David Johnson is. If he's not running well, 
And they, they're clearly not going to give Duke Johnson the lead role because they didn't do it last year when Carlos Hyde was the guy. That's crazy that they went with Hyde then. I, I think there's I, I would take odds on Deshaun Watson being the leading rusher for the Texans this year. I think that would be an interesting bet to make. And I think it's very possible he could finish as the leading rusher there. And I think that's what have to happen for Deshaun Watson to finish as a top three fantasy quarterback. You would need David Johnson to stink. You would need Duke Johnson to not have a big role in the run game. And Deshaun Watson would just take off and have all those opportunities that Jamie's talking about. I just wish he had a different coach. They were 32nd in defense 2017. They were the worst defensive team in the league. They were 23rd in pass attempts. Uh, that's horrible. Well, would it I mean, you better than the new offensive coordinator. He also didn't play the whole season. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you would. Th- it's just in Bill O'Brien's nature. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna let the backups that year throw the ball that much? I'm. You have to if you have the worst defense in football, don't you? It's just Bill O'Brien's nature is is not to be a, a pass happy team. Yeah, but his points per game that year were the best in fantasy. Yeah, he was he was unbelievable as a rookie. He hasn't been quite as good. He hasn't had a a 30 touchdown pass season. Uh, since he would have it's that only year. been two years. Yeah, he would have that. He would have had like a 43 touchdown pass season that year or something like That's that. That's the guy I'm expecting. I, honestly, I mean, you know, it, it's it's lofty expectations. I totally get that, but I'm I'm at this wow. at this position. <laughs> I mean, you've heard me say this for years. I'm going to draft for who I think has the highest ceiling. And after the top two guys, I think he has the highest ceiling. How he has That's a higher it. ceiling than because I think Kyler Murray is going third in ADP because people think he has that ceiling, and I. I sort of I agree. agree. He does. But I, I think Watson, if they both play their best, I think Watson will be better. I also think, like I said before, Watson and Murray have the lowest floors of these of these guys. Yeah. Well, and and like you were saying, we think Kyler Murray has that type of upside. That's why he's being drafted number three. And I, I wouldn't even disagree with it, but we can only think it. We've seen that type of upside from Deshaun Watson for a half a season. But we have we've barely mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Is that not a big deal? It's a it, huge deal. I don't know how big a deal it is. His yards per attempt, DeAndre Hopkins, are pretty close to his career yards per attempt. He okay. made up thirty percent of Deshaun Watson's career stats because of because it was thirty percent of his pass attempts. Like it should be if if he was better, he's throwing the ball to him thirty three percent of the time. Sure. He should take up at least thirty percent of his stats. But, and and, and part of part of this. Yeah, part of this downside potential for Watson is you're counting on his two top receivers. One is coming off, I think it's what, five concussions? Yeah. Um, three well, noted ones last year. year but two three one. last year, or uh, two, two okay. reported. And then there was the one. In and the- then you have, you have Will Fuller who can't stay healthy. That's a huge risk. It's a huge, huge risk. I totally get it. He <laughs> should be, you're he should be going guy. sixth. Huh? Yeah, you're, you're a risky guy to put him third. Well, again, if, if I miss on what his upside could be, I may fall into Daniel Jones or I may fall into uh, Roethlisberger or maybe Stafford, you know, depending on how this all goes. I'm not saying that guy in particular. I'm saying that type of player. Yeah, you but know, the I, guess, ends up I, I guess the question is like... Deshaun Watson? No, but what I, I mean, Stafford was undrafted for the most part last year. Jameis was not drafted as a top 12 quarterback. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes last two years weren't drafted as top 12 quarterback. So... But they were drafted. Be, but they were drafted. Huh? They were drafted. You, you're not gonna you're not gonna draft no, Sean Watson, no, but, take but nobody my, my else, point, and then pick up you know Daniel. You could pick Jones. up Ryan Tannehill, who was. I could pick up Gardner Minshew. I could pick up Ryan Tannehill, who was the seventh best quarterback or the second best quarterback after week seven. There, this is the position that you swing for the fences on. Okay, so by the way, speaking of Matthew Stafford, looked up points per game. The Sean Watson was actually second in points per game in four point per passing touchdown leagues. 
minus one for interceptions in this scoring that I'm looking at. He was fifth in points per game in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Stafford was second, Breeze third, Prescott then then Watson, then Wilson. Very, very bunched together, though. All of them way behind Lamar Jackson. And Watson was fourth last year, though, right? In total points? I have him as fifth. Yes. But probably very close, fourth or fifth. Let me see. Uh, Oh, you know what? Tied with Jameis Winston for fourth. So I'll make that change. And six point per passing touchdown at least. Okay, but I don't want to make this all about... I see 371 and a half to 371. Watson head. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll give it to Watson. Um... I don't want to make this all about Deshaun Watson, but you're talking about his upside. Does every quarterback in that group of four have a lead upside? I mean, I feel like the answer is yes. Don't don't they all have? Okay, well, he, you're right about I Murray Heath, but but like this is a high upside group. I don't I don't know why Watson would have much more upside than the others. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I, I, Heath referenced it. We we saw it in 2017. You know, he could be the best quarterback in fantasy if that guy shows up again. Who finished um, number one that year? By the way. Huh? Who finished number one that year? He did. Who did? Uh, Watson. For no, not per game for the season. In twenty seventeen, Russell, Russell Wilson. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't the, it was one of the weakest QB one Schottenheimer too, right? Yeah, that was yeah seventeen. Well, Heath, I'll ask you this because you love Prescott. Is 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 he going to be better than he was last year? I don't think he's probably going to be better than he was last year, but he's like. He had the elite upside that we're looking for in all these other guys last year. If he matches what he did last year, that's the elite upside that you're looking for. Um, I do think that, like, while he's probably going to regress a little bit, anytime somebody puts up those types of numbers, that should be the expectation. What Kellen Moore did with the offense and the fact that they added C.D. Lamb to this mix, I'm just not so sure he's not just going to be that good again. And there is a little bit of room in terms of touchdowns when we talk about Lamar Jackson throwing 36 touchdown passes on 400 and some attempts, he had 30 touchdown passes on almost 600 attempts. That's pretty close to average. So it is possible that Dak's passing touchdowns could come up a little bit. And if there was one other place, I think he was at six rushing touchdowns per year every year before last year. Yep. So the the rushing touchdowns could come up a little bit as well. The passing yards are probably going to come backwards a little. Yep. Um, any of these guys make you nervous? Like I like avoid, don't want them at all. Oh no. I mean Watson makes me the most nervous, but I I would still absolutely take him if he's the last man standing of the group. I, I don't think I will get any um Kyler Murray this year. And it's not like I I do think he's an excellent breakout candidate, and I think that like there's some serious upside there. But he never seems to be the last one, at least in the drafts that I'm in, that's taken amongst this group. And so I'm not going to take him over any of the other guys. Okay. Uh, How about, let's talk about Russell Wilson a little bit and how you guys feel about him. Dave? He's awesome. I think that's been proven. I don't know if I need to give statistical evidence as to how awesome he is, but 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns is something that you can feel pretty comfortable expecting from him along with some decent rushing numbers. And all the talk, and we've already talked about on this podcast, is Russell Wilson going to be able to have more control of the offense? Well, if Seattle is smart, there will be games where he does have control of the offense. And you want to talk about defenses that are going to struggle this year. I think Seattle's defense is in rough shape. I think they're in worse shape than the Texans' defense, which means Russ is going to have to come to the rescue again. And those fourth quarter points are massive for him in fantasy. He might have 18 fantasy points 
through three and a half quarters. And then by the end of the game, he's at 30 and he's, he's a master back there and totally see him with QB one potential. If Mahomes has a year like last year and if Lamar Jackson does get figured out. Okay. So he feels the safest of this group of the four. Yeah. Because he's done it time and time again. Right. Yeah. And I mean, last year he was half a point behind Dak, as great as Dak was in points per game. And he was blowing Dak away before Lockett's injury. He was the number one quarterback in fantasy. He was an MVP candidate in yeah. the NFL. And here's let's just look at where he's finished the last five seasons, Russell Wilson. Five years, it's basically when he started putting up more prolific passing numbers, you know, 4,100 yards, 31 to 35 touchdown passes in four of those five seasons. Um, well, I don't have it in front of me now, but I think it's top four three times. Sorry, top four three times. And uh, two bad seasons. One of them was with the ankle. And then one of them was 2018 where he th- he threw like, how many passes did he throw? Like 450 passes, something like that. Yeah. Barely, they were the lowest passing team in the NFL. Um, that's the thing you fear with him. Yeah. How, how yeah. much do we fear that? I, I think you fear that, and there's a little bit of risk that he's going to be 32 years old this year. Is that right? And last year was his second lowest rushing total. Um, so I think there's a little bit of risk that some more of that rushing disappears and they aren't they don't throw. But I, I agree with Dave mostly that their defense probably isn't going to be good enough to be as run heavy as uh, they would like. I don't think Pete Carroll cares about that, though. I think he trusts himself to turn this defense around at some point, whether it's early in the season or if they're struggling early uh, to do it by the middle of the season. So I don't, that's the biggest thing is, is what their philosophy is going to be, because if they open things up, he's going to be amazing. He's got his best, probably top two receivers that he's ever had. If, if Metcalf builds up what he did last year and, you know, Olsen, if they get Disley back, that'll stabilize that position. And, you know, who knows what they do with, you know, throwing to their backside of the backfield. If something changes, maybe with Travis Homer being a little bit more involved or they throw the ball to Carson eventually. Uh, but man, he could be so unbelievable if he gets to the, the DAC 596 pass attempts, or, you know, he has the, I'm going to run a little bit more, you know, take on a little bit of a younger mentality that he had. He, I just think he's the safest of this group. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's shown it before he can do it on low volume. Uh, you know, you'll have some some potential risk if the touchdowns aren't there, you know, because of whatever they decide to do in the red zone. But, you know, if he's uh, if he's anywhere close, if he's, if he's anywhere north of 550 pass attempts, I'll feel pretty happy about Russell Wilson. Oh, that would be that would be great. That would be really good. OK, so let's do some fill in the blank here and see if we can sum up our feelings on this group. Top five quarterback I'm avoiding based on ADP. I think you probably already answered that. Remember, it's Jackson and Mahomes, 16th and 17th. Murray in round five. Prescott two picks later. Wilson and Watson in round six. Top five quarterback I'm avoiding based on ADP is blank. Kyler. Kyler. Jackson. Um, can I give you one note on Kyler with the Cardinals? Yeah. Just that is, is a little interesting. Um, they were, for the season... They were 18th in rush attempts at 24.8 rush attempts per game. In the final three games of the season, when Drake was rolling, they were running the ball 30.7 times. Well, Drake had like 22 or more carries. And Drake was awesome. And if they can run the ball like that, even with Hopkins, I wonder if they'll still be as pass happy. If, if, 
they're like any team. If they can run the ball against a right. given opponent, they will. Yeah. But six six carries a game is a lot. That's <laughs> a big jump. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next day, next fill in the blank. The top five quarterback with the best ADP is. I'll just say, you know what? Top six quarterback. I'm just going to say top six. Top six awesome. quarterback with the best ADP. Looking to see who's last. It's Deshaun Watson at 70th. I'll say Deshaun Watson. Same. I'll say Dak. But Dave, he's only four picks behind Russell Wilson. Do you like Watson? If I if I'm getting him last of the group, I feel like I'm coming out ahead on draft day. But if you're in the round where you're taking a quarterback, you're taking Wilson over Watson if they're yeah. four picks apart. Right. Yeah. Uh, if I right, so if I'm making that decision, yes. But if Wilson goes ahead of him, what if I'm in those four picks after? What if Wilson goes earlier than that? Sure, it depends on where you're drafting. The top six quarterback with the least upside is blank. That I might say Kyler for. Because I think every quarterback on this in the that we've talked about has immense upside. But I'm worried about Kyler finishing as like a top breaking into that top two. I think the highest he could get is third. Uh, I'm gonna say Wilson. I don't like this. I, I there's I'm sorry, no answer here I'd feel good about. But I'm gonna say Wilson. <laughs> All right. Jamie, least upside. I think he said it best. There's no answer that you feel good about with this, but uh, I think I'm going to agree with Dave that it's Kyler just because I think he could take a step forward and improve from 3,700 passing yards and 20 touchdowns and be 40 and 20, 4,025 and be better and be in the top five range, but still fall short of expectation. Overall, I think having one of these top six quarterbacks on my team is blank. Awesome. Rad. Rad. <laughs> okay. If I Super could good. if I could grab lunch with one of these quarterbacks, it would be blank and we would eat blank. It would be Mahomes and we would get um the big sloppy cheeseburger from Charm City. You you were so close, Dave. It would be Mahomes and it would be Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Um hmm. Russell Wolf? No. Sean Watson. Of course. What would you eat with him? Whatever Deshaun wants. I'd cook Whatever there for Deshaun him. Whatever Deshaun wants. Houston barbecue. Wherever you take him. Okay. Gillens. It would obviously be... I don't know. I think Lamar Jackson. We talk about South Florida a little bit. We have that in common. And we get Anthony's Cold Fire Pizza because somebody has to eat Anthony's Cold Fire Pizza. I got the chance at the Super Bowl to interview Dak Prescott. He was doing his, um, his interviews for Oikos, the yogurt in a uh, separate room. He wasn't doing it on radio row. And so while we were setting up and then while we were tearing down all of our camera equipment, I got a chance to talk to him for quite a bit and he's, he's awesome. So had I not had that experience, I probably would change my answer. But um, after talking to him, he told me some, some funny stuff about, uh, you know, uh, I was asking about Dan Mullen because he played for Mullen at Mm -hmm. Mississippi state. And and obviously I, I like the Gators. So we were talking about that and he had some, some fun, anecdotes that I will not share because he asked me not to, but um, uh, it was, uh, it was fun. Just he give it, give it. us like one of the ones that you're not allowed to share. Um, he said, no, I listened I'm- to a fantasy show <laughs> and the host. I won't finish. Okay. Thank you. We know where it's going. Uh, good, good discussion here. We'll talk about running backs on the Tuesday. Who's show. your top five, Adam? Mahomes, Jackson, Mahomes, Jackson, Watson's six for sure. I'd go Wilson, Kyler, Prescott. Wow. And okay. uh and 
I don't even know if I'd have Deshaun Watson six. Who would be in six, a four though? point per passing touchdown league? I one hundred percent would. Um, you know, I would think about Matt Ryan. I do like Josh Allen. I can't really justify it. Allen over. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's Watson, but I I'm not drafting him. Put it that way. I have. I had, I have no I had uh, Heath. I'm curious what you have it projected for. I had a tough decision in a draft that uh, I am playing out for another magazine. Uh, Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen in four points for passing touchdown. I have Josh Allen five points better in that format. Yeah, it was tough. I took Russell Wilson just just from the the safety factor. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but uh, I struggled with it. I struggled, and Allen went right. Uh, I think maybe three or four picks after I took Russell Wilson. Allen is agonizing for me. Like, there's so much to like and so much, <laughs> so much not to like. Uh, he's, he's agonizing for me. But he he's like Jameis. He's his fantasy production versus his real life, how he plays. I think sort of differ a little bit. Like he could be just an amazing fantasy quarterback if things click for him. Yeah, but but he also could be a really good regular quarterback. He's going into his he third could, year where you know the book but, isn't written on him. I don't care about his completion percentage for his fantasy production. What what is more likely in the next three years? Josh Allen is the number one quarterback in fantasy in any format, or Josh Allen is no longer a starting quarterback? The first one. Well, Heath, weren't weren't at, at one point weren't you taking Allen over Murray? I did have Allen over me, and I would in a four-point per pass touchdown league. I think I have them like dead even. So, but I'm also a little bit more skeptical of Murray. I think too. Um, I think I just think that the range of outcomes for Josh Allen we haven't really learned very much yet. He's not good enough as a passer right now to I think be a starter throughout his second contract. So he's gonna have to make a leap either this year or next year. Or oh, I, think I, I would disagree. If, if they continue to win, I think he's gonna get his second contract in a big, big way. So I, uh, there's no way. He's, I just don't see how he scores as many rushing touchdowns. I think Dave has outlined that beautifully about how inefficient Frank Gore was, and he took and Josh Allen took get advantage five or six. Yeah, he could, but even with that inefficiency gone. All right, well, that's a topic for another show. Let me let me read some emails here. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This well, real quick, before you do that, what's what's Allen's ADP? Uh, all right, let me read the email and I'll get back to you. Okay. Dear Philip, Frank, Tom, and Bruce, those are quarterbacks with their head coaches, all of whom are quarterbacks: Philip Rivers and Frank mm. Reich, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I know that the play caller massively impacts fantasy production based on tendencies, but you always talk about the same principle with quarterbacks and their preferences. Which one of the two should we trust the most in situations like the Colts and the Bucks this year? Should we trust the tendencies of those play callers or the preferences of the experienced quarterbacks coming in? I've thought about that a lot lately because I'm going to get started on a story on the Bucks and, and their offense and what it might look like. And I think that when it comes to game planning, the coaches are going to have one set of of details and then the quarterback on the field is going to ultimately make the decisions because he's the one throwing the ball. And I, I would imagine that it does. I think the quarterback probably has, I think I would trust that tendency a little bit more than the play caller. Both Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians have said they're going to allow Tom Brady to have his imprint on this offense. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if they ever said that about Jameis Winston or said that to Jameis Winston. Um, and Reich and Rivers have a history together, so I would imagine that you know he's going to allow Rivers to have some input as well. But uh, you know the the quarterback, I think in this case, when you're talking about guys at that level and what they've accomplished, 
they're going to, you know, sort of change, I think, some of those stubborn ways of, of certainly Bruce Arians and, and maybe even Frank Reich. But to that, that being said, I'm pretty sure Brady is going to feel a lot more comfortable throwing long. Like, I don't know how much of, of, Oh, he's not walking in and saying I'm throwing five yard passes. Right. Exactly. 60% of my throws. Terrence doesn't want it that way. And I don't know how much of new England's offense was Tom. You better do it our way. You better do as Josh McDaniels says, otherwise you're going to get like, I'm sure at, at, at some point in the mid two thousands, Josh McDaniels is like, all right, Tom, do whatever you want. We just want to win, man. You want to throw right. to, to Wes Welker 20 times a game, go for it. I, and I'm sure I just think that like Tom Brady doesn't want, he's not likely to be as willing to hold on to the ball as Jameis was. Josh Allen, lead to more that's a great passes. way to put it. Josh Allen is uh, eighth, eighth QB off the board, by the way. See, if you tell me it's, it's Josh Allen as the eighth quarterback or Kyler Murray as the third, I'm taking Josh Allen 10 out of 10. Yep. And it's 30 picks later. Yeah, no brain. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. Okay, and I don't even love Josh Allen. Uh, let's see. We got John in a city between Kansas City and Minneapolis. Heath, I need you for this one. Uh, yeah, yeah Omaha. Mm, lovely place. Hello, Brad, Liz, Andy, and Matt. I think that's the wrong show, but that's okay. Our dynasty league is entering our second year, and we'll be having our first rookie draft soon. When we made the changes to Dynasty, our commissioner instituted a three-year holding period for every player. Trades and ads restart the three-year holding period. I think this is a bad idea and will lead to some odd and relatively pointless trades in our third year where we're forced to swap similar players, such as Saquon for for McCaffrey, in order to restart the three-year clock. This is the first Dynasty League for all 12 of us, so there's no experience which led to this decision. Could you please tell our stupid idiot moron of a commissioner that we either need to lift the three-year holding period or simply end the Dynasty after three years? Yeah, it's not a Dynasty League if there's a holding period. Dynasty, you keep players forever. Keeper League. Yeah, yep. you're going to keep early. And I, like, I think that that type of league, like, it creates some interesting, like he said, pointless trades. It creates some really interesting strategy when you get to that year three. Um, I think, Jamie, your basketball league has a two-year period, right, for the two keepers? Uh, no, it's almost like a four-year. Four-year period, but... Yeah, because we do the year you draft them, and then you get three years on top of that. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just whatever the league wants. Next email, Scott from Chicago. I'm wondering why Jared Cook is ranked so highly across the industry. He's currently tight end nine in Fantasy Pro's ADP, same tier as Waller, Ingram, Henry, and Higby. Uh, then he goes on to explain why he doesn't like Jared Cook. I know you guys don't see it that way. What'd you say, Heath? You should take this one. You're the Jared Cook guy. Not that high, though. I like him if I wait, wait, wait on tight end. And, you know, I'm like the last guy to take a tight end. I think Jared Cook's... What did I say? Like, if you get 600 yards and six touchdowns, you're pretty much guaranteed to be a top 12 tight end. Something like that. And I think he will. I think he'll score the touchdowns. He's an okay person, player to wait for. You just don't want to be aggressive to target him. And that, where he's being drafted, feels like aggressive to target him. It's ridiculous. Uh, plays Tampa Bay in week one, at the Raiders week two. Really good streaming tight end to begin the year. Like that schedule for him. But don't invest in him as a top 10 tight end. I'm trying to find... Okay, yeah. In the last five seasons, there have been 38 tight ends who have caught six or more touchdowns. 31 of the 38 finished top 12 in PPR. The seven who did not, none of them had even 500 yards. So I think if you get 606, you're going to finish top 12. Might not be the most impactful season, 
But you're going to finish top 12. I think he will get there. There was an article about him on ESPN.com, by the way. They were, they were raving about him and how much they expect from Jared Cook this year. Interesting read. All right, next up we have Ben from a town in Somerset, England. To be fair with Jared Cook, I was just looking at this. His numbers were, and he missed two games. His numbers were bad with Bridgewater. Horrible. With and that was mm-hmm. actually, thank you for reminding me, that was actually a big crux of the argument. He had a he had an injury in uh, preseason or training camp, kind of set him back. Then Breeze got hurt. Then he got hurt basically as soon as Breeze came back. And then in the second half of the season, he was the number one or number two tight end in fantasy. Lucky right, numbers. but he did I get it. Um, he had one game in his final one, two, three, four, five with more than four catches. Yeah, uh, lucky to be that high. But they just they did eventually develop that rapport, and I think they're hoping that it continues in year two. All right. Uh, so this email from Ben says I can keep up to two players at the round they were selected at last year: Calvin Ridley in the fifth, James Conner in the seventh, Lamar Jackson in the eighth, DK Metcalf in the eighth. Lamar is a no-brainer, but who else? Ridley in the fifth, Conner in the seventh, or Metcalf in the eighth? Metcalf. I think if it's a one-year keeper situation, I'd go Conner over Metcalf. But if you can keep him long-term, I'd go Metcalf. Yeah, I um, I think I'd go Connor. Connor would go the soonest in a redraft from the group. Well, Ridley. No, Ridley would. Connor might go before Ridley. Actually, I can't, you're right in the the draft, the ADP we're seeing so running back heavy right now. Yeah, I I think it's going to oh, yeah. James Connor up quite a bit. <sighs> That's a good show, guys. Like he he could end up being a top. 30 pick by August. Oh, if he's healthy, sure. Now. Right, and he's going to be healthy in training camp, assuming assuming he's healthy in training camp. Well, People thank are going to take him. People like him. Thanks for talking we- quarterbacks with me. Dave, still talking, or can I? We- I'm still talking. <laughs> okay. about I'm already on to the next podcast. <laughs> All right, running backs. Top five running backs will be the next thing you hear from us. Send us your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, your Apple podcast questions. Leave us a nice review. Really, really appreciate your listening. Tell your friends. And we'll see you Tuesday night on Twitch for poker. For Dave, for Jamie and Heath, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening. Na, 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 na.